Hey guys, welcome to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And we are so excited about this episode. Before we dive in, quick announcement. And that is that our book, The Naked Marriage, which many of you have read and left reviews on Amazon and sent us great feedback about. Thank you for that, by the way. It's now available as an audiobook. So if you enjoy listening to this podcast, I think you're really gonna enjoy the audiobook. Ashley and I had a blast narrating it. So you can get The Naked Marriage on Audible, which is part of Amazon, on iTunes, and everywhere audiobooks are sold. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Today's podcast, we're gonna be interviewing some heroes of mine, Mark and Grace Driscoll. Uh, Mark Driscoll's one of the best-selling Christian authors of our generation. Together, they have a book called Real Marriage, The Truth About Sex, Friendship, and Life Together. They're the founders of Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, they have just some fascinating uh, wisdom about marriage, parenthood, ministry, life. We're gonna have a ball. Before we jump into the interview, though, we wanna give a quick shout-out to those of you who've been giving shout-outs to us because when you leave a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening, it helps people discover the podcast, and we're so thankful for your positive feedback. Ashley's gonna share a few of the recent reviews now. Yes, thank you guys so much. This one is from Ashley515. She says, I absolutely love listening to these two. They are not only hilarious, but they have this marriage thing figured out. I first saw them at the XO Marriage Conference 2019 simulcast at my church, and I've been hooked since. They give great advice. I encourage you to read their book, The Naked Marriage, as well. Thanks, Dave and Ashley. And then Chris Bird 3 says, listening to this podcast is one of the best things you can do for your marriage. Thank wow, y'all so thanks, much guys. for your input. It really helps get the word out. So keep on leaving those reviews. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks again, guys. So let's dive into today's interview. We are so honored to be here in the studio today with Mark and Grace Driscoll. This is about the most you're gonna hear me talk on this podcast right here at the front end because I wanna turn it over one to my beautiful wise bride and to our guests. But I just wanna say thank you guys for your ministry publicly. I can, this isn't just me kissing up. This is this is the truth. Like there are few couples, and even though today's the first day I've actually met you guys in person, there are very <laughs> few couples that have impacted um, our ministry, I would say, in our life, as much as you guys have from a distance, just reading, reading your books, watching your sermons. Um, you know, there was a stretch there. Where I was just reading everything you were putting out. You were like my seminary, and I've learned so much from you guys. Oh, just think, believe you're the real deal, and it's it's an honor that you guys made time for us today, and can't wait to dive into this conversation. So. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's yes, an honor absolutely. to be here. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yes, and we're so excited about the topic today. We're going to talk about friendship and marriage. And we just truly believe, and we know you guys believe this too, totally. that the best marriages are those that are our best friends. Mm -hmm. And if there's not friendship in your marriage, you know, you're really missing out and you're not going to mm -hmm. have the kind of marriage that God, you know, wants you to have. And so we want to hear from you guys and what you have to say about that. And to tee it up for you, I can't remember if this was a talk you gave or if this was in your book, but there was a story about the day your, your youngest kid went off to school and that moment where you two are in the house by yourself, and Grace, I think it was you that said to Mark, it's a good thing we're friends. Yeah. And that really resonated with me. So, so take us back to that moment and, t yeah. and just kind of unpack what friendship looks like and what it means in your marriage. Well, we started off as friends. We met at 17, age 17 in high school. And so um, just enjoyed hanging out, being together. Um, I say crazy things. Grace has a big laugh. And so I thought, well, there's a potential future here for us both. And uh, we've worked together and and then we got married. And what happens, I think, when you're when you're first getting to know each other, it's fun, it's memories, it's buddies, it's adventures, and then you get married. And then it's groceries and laundry right. and 
you know, kids and diapers and diapers, yes, so yeah, many diapers. And, and, uh, and teething and, and, and all of a sudden we like to say there's shoulder to shoulder, face to face and back to back marriages. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the back to back is where you're fighting. Yeah. You just sort of turn your back on each other. Um, a lot of life forces you into shoulder to shoulder tasks, work, responsibilities, kids, and you've got to do the shoulder to shoulder, but you've got to make that pivot to face to face. And I think early on in our marriage, we did shoulder to shoulder really, really well. We got a lot done. We mastered that. We mastered that, yeah. And uh, but we didn't get as much face to face, which is the yeah. the Bible's language for friendship. Mm -hmm. And so that really was a deep conviction of ours because as <clears throat> as we started having the kids, you have more and more excusable reasons not to work on your friendship. Yeah. And and what happens is the kids try to make everything urgent. Everything's a crisis. Everything's an emergency. And and we're at the age now, we're, you know, we're 48 old. old yeah. Grace looks the same. I'm aging <laughs> in old. dog years. And uh, <laughs> and a lot of our couple friends that we know, they're, they're in marriage crisis or many even Christians are getting divorced. And it's like, what happened? What held it together was not the friendship, but was the kids. And then when the kids leave, it's like the gravitational center of the universe leaves and everything spins out of orbit. And so I think early on, you got to invest in the friendship and then you reap the benefits later, especially when those kids get bigger and older and empty nest. And I don't know, you could talk about the book or how we kind of got to that principle of friendship. Yeah, well, I think when the kids went off to school, like you were saying, Dave, I think it was a sad moment because we really love our kids and we enjoy our kids and love hanging out with them and they make us laugh a ton. But then looking at each other, just realizing yeah, we actually can enjoy each other without the kids around too. We remember how to do that still because it's a lost art sometimes when you get so engaged with five kids. Yeah. But I think, you know, for us, articulating that in the book, in the friendship chapter specifically, was helpful to see that, yeah, we needed to to remain in that friendship to yeah. be able to last long-term in our marriage. Um, we've seen a lot of people that don't have that friendship Right. Um, and whether it's family, friends, whatever, we've seen that. And it's tragic to watch because they really have lost the whole reason they came together in the first place. Right. Well, and that's where the work spouse or the emotional affair comes in. You start becoming friends with someone other than yes. your spouse. That's where all the trouble begins. And so the best way to safeguard that is work on the friendship with the spouse. And right. with the internet, we have all the emotional adultery that goes on yes. and yeah. becomes something. It's so true. So what are some things, like when you were in the trenches raising your kids, what were some things that the two of you did to cultivate that deep friendship with each other? When we went through pre-marriage counseling back in college, we, our pastor had us commit, not as a religious thing, but as something that you strive for and you target for um, to keep a weekly date night. Mm -hmm. And so for us, that was key. And we had no money. We were so poor. We had to- We were church planting, always <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> yep. That's next yeah. level poor. Yeah. Going to Baptist seminary broke. I mean, at that point, you know, yeah. if we could just get up to zero, that would be amazing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we really had to be creative. And it, whether it was just spending time in the house, not focused on all the chores and responsibilities um, or saving, you know, 10 bucks to go to a movie after a couple of weeks or whatever it was, um, we just had to work really hard. And actually, we, we have a lot of fun memories because we were working hard to maintain that and not letting business stuff get into that. We really had to create a separate calendar date and then a fun date. So yeah, yeah. We, we talk about the difference between a sync meeting and a date. And a date, you know, you get dressed up, you go out, you have fun. 
sync meeting is business. It's going mm-hmm. through the calendar, right. the budget, the schedule. And if you don't have the sync meeting, right. what you end up doing on date night is who's going to pick up the kids and who's going to go to the orthodontist and, you know, what are we going to do for the holidays? And so we found that a lot of our time together was just getting eaten up with all the practical stuff. It felt like we were running you know, a, an Uber or Lyft company running the <laughs> yeah, kids all right, over yeah. the universe. Yeah. And so for us, there's sort of a business meeting where we, we kind of go over everything and then there's a date and that's just fun. And we don't yeah. bring business or conflict with us on that. And and things Grace was good about at that time, we, we would set up a little co-op with three other couples. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch the kids one week, we watch the kids one week, which means we get three date nights and then one is basically a hostage negotiation with right. 20 children at your house. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're just hoping yeah. everybody makes it out alive. Uh, but then you get free childcare, right. stuff like holidays, birthdays. Could you give us gift cards for restaurants or whatever? And when you're a broke young couple or if you're just a broke old couple, at least you got some stuff stacked up. You got some fun to look forward to. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Now with the fun, the fun dates, and even even now, like what, what do you guys, what connects you the most? What do those fun things look like now when you could do anything, you could plan your dream dates? What makes you smile the most, laugh the most, have the most fun together? It's probably very different for both of us. It is very different. We've taken those those tests and we agree on nothing. Other than spirituality, we're both there. Everything else? We're all about So three categories, the sync date, the Mark fun date, the Grace (laughs) fun date. So so what's the Grace fun date look like? Uh, Well, I like to have lengthy conversation and figure out how he's doing. And, so I need and to Dave. schedule that. I got to emotionally prepare. It's like, a, it's like an emotional marathon. I got to work my way up. I got I to gotta drink my Gatorade, keep my electrolytes high, and then I'm ready for the good long conversation. Yeah. It's a lot of emotional engagement just to check in on that heart level. But I also like just going to do fun stuff as well. Not like... I'm more adventurous. Not like camping or anything, but... No, I didn't marry... I married... Ginger, not Marianne. We don't camp. We just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, she won't camp. And, but uh, I like adventures. So I like to go explore a new town. I like to go over a hike. I like to get on a plane and go to a new country. I like adventure. Um, and she, Or snuggling up and taking a nap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amen. We're in Scottsdale and have a hammock. Absolutely. Yeah. But like for me, my favorite thing, it's just really where I love to hold Grace's hand. So honestly, I love to hold hands and go for a walk. I just love just being outside fresh air with Grace. And um, my favorite thing, I sound a little, you know, maybe a little trite, but like, I love holding her hand and singing in church. Yeah, that's great. I feel like there's something spiritual no, that's about power- it. It's a powerful moment. It is, yeah. It, to me, it's like, no, we're together and we're together because God is good and, and we're together to experience God's goodness. So, I mean, as weird as that sounds, like I'm a pastor, so we get to do that a lot. No, I love it. Uh, but that's probably my favorite thing. But yeah, we, we like to take trips. We like to take adventures. And I'm the guy, I always need to plan so I always need to have fun on the calendar. I always ask the kids, where do you want to go on vacation, Grace? What do you want to do? I need to have at least six or eight fun adventures planned constantly on the calendar 12 months out. Otherwise, I start freaking. I, I think <laughs> that would like help you. so many. No, that is so like it's me. So like but I, like I'm just <laughs> listening really... to this and I'm like, yeah. That's... Is there fun coming? There better fun, be some fun, fun coming. coming. And, no, and I, I really appreciate that too. And I think so many times, and I think you were getting ready to say this, so I'm sorry, sweetie. No, you go for it. It'll but, sound prettier if you say it. <laughs> but I do think so many times we get in the grind of everyday yeah. life and we think, you know, life's too busy to do that. And or we don't have the money to do that. We don't have the time to do that. Yeah. And, and it really is depressing if you don't have something to look forward to that's just for fun and just yeah. for engaging with one another. So, I mean, I think that that's a great tip for people that if they're in kind of just kind of a lull in their marriage, you know, there's no big crisis going on, but you feel like it's just dry. It's a dry season. I think put something on the calendar. Like they're saying, that would be something amazing. Put fun on the calendar. Put fun in the budget. 
And yes. to me, rack up frequent flyer miles, do yes. whatever you got to yes. do. You know, everybody chip in, figure it out. I mean, we've been able, we did great trips, but when the kids are low, we just took them everywhere with us. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I love the adventure, man. It's yeah. fun. No, we absolutely, we love the adventure too. Our kids have logged so many miles in this minivan. <laughs> Those yes. poor, poor guys. But I think you that- drive, No, wait. You can't just say that and move on. Yes. You drive a minivan? We yeah. love our minivan. Hey. No he is like a professional no minivan driver. I, I can make that Honda Odyssey look like something from a James Bond movie. He really like, can. It's like, amazing. It's it's pretty, oh it's pretty sweet. That's why the Lord sent us here today for an yes. intervention, right? <laughs> no, he, Dave asked me. I can hit them with one push. I can make both side doors open. Everybody just runs yeah. in. They get to their spot, close the doors, and we're, we're on. I know wow. some people like the Suburban. They like to look like, you know, Rapper rolling down the street. We like our minivan. I, I yeah. just own the dad thing. Like he does. I it's just good. My my dad brand is so strong. It, is. <laughs> it really I, is. It I drive. Is. A, I could drive I a minivan, it. like even if it's just me about town, because I can just wow. own it. Yeah. You do. What did no. you drive, Grace? Tell them what you've always driven. Suburban. Suburban. Yes. Yeah. We roll cool. big so and large. you're cooler than us. Wait, Clearly. My wife <laughs> thinks that the speeding Drake. limit is a set of <laughs> options. Her name is Grace. She's New Covenant. She doesn't abide by laws. So. She goes fast. And so I just put her in the biggest vehicle. I Be put safe. big wheels and tires and a metal bumper. I just want a victory mobile for my girl. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I love no, that. No, we're not we're not cool, we're not cool enough for that. No, I, I wish I was cool enough for the suburban. But I have more, a white Honda Odyssey. No, I'm, I'm wearing we love it. Like I'm wearing tennis shoes right now with white socks. Like I'm just Dude, I'm not have a black cool, shoes with white socks. I'm not a cool person. And I'm just so comfortable with that that it's cool in its own way. I love and, it. But the minivan works for us. It does. All right, All right. Does. Our, our, our switching gears here just just a little bit because <laughs> cloth or leather interior. We we just no. It's got a newer one. It's with leather. We had nice. cloth for years. Because if you have kids, you can't do leather interior. There's yes. not enough hand sanitizer no. to fix no. that. Clothing. We got the yes. yeah. We got the thing. What is it called? The floor liner that's made of like plastic that you can. Oh, it's just, just a big up. tray. I you love it. it I did not have that. Like my neighbor told me, you have all these kids. Why do you not have this? I think it's called WeatherTech. We're not yeah. sponsoring WeatherTech, yeah. but Weather it's amazing. Should, Check it out. Does not yet sponsor this podcast. Yes. <laughs> but if you not yet, it. but please call us. Um, no, but it is amazing. It's seriously, yeah, it's we awesome. So we're like, we love it. It's just yeah. When you're a parent, you get excited about different stuff. It it is so true. When you're single and dating, you're not. Someday we're gonna have a white minivan with WeatherTech. That's gonna be amazing. <laughs> no, it sounds so lame, but now like, <laughs> we love it. We're so excited. We love it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, no, we we made. I just wanted to make out in it with you yes. on the, wow. you know, like I did. Wow. I'm like, let's climb it's in really the hot. Odyssey. Right. What else did you guys want to talk about? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we got to cut this short. We got a date in our minivan yeah. happening in about 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we love it. The button, love the door it. opens. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. right. Really like, dark tinted windows. You can you can get real freaky. So all right. So back to back to. Friendship, uh, friendship, right, friendship. So yes. no, this is this is important because yeah. we've uh, both of us in in a similar way. We've gone through a move recently, right? So you yep. know, you, you guys relocated Scottsdale, Arizona, planted the Trinity Church, which I watch online. It's amazing. Look, it's them going up. great. It's going great. You guys are just you're crushing it. Uh, but moving is hard. Transitions are. We moved uh, seven months ago. Seven months ago. Yeah. From you know we we'd been very rooted in Georgia for many years, great friends, great church. Um, and, and it felt, you know, God was leading us here. Wonderful opportunities happening here. We love, love, love being here, but moving is hard. Transition is oh, hard. Yeah. It's hard for our kids, yeah. trying to make new friends. And so what does friendship look like in marriage in those seasons of transition? And maybe it's not a move though, for many people listening, it might be, but in those seasons of all of a sudden, there's something big that's happened that's different. We've moved, we've become empty nesters. We've got this job change. change there's career. a, yeah. So what, so how do you navigate the keeping the friendship and marriage a priority in those seasons of transition? Hit it, babe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I don't know that we have done this well. We've learned from not doing it well. Um, I think looking out for like when he looks stressed or when I look stressed, watching for those times and and just pausing and saying, hey, what can we do? How can I help? Yes. You know, being considerate of one another in those times. Um, because usually it's something I'm holding resentment that he didn't do. And I just wish he would hurry up and do that or vice versa. And if we just expressed it in that moment and communicated rather than doing it ourselves and fine, if you don't want to, you know, I think just looking out for each other's needs, because those are stressful times and, and even stopping and praying in those yes. times too, before you even, you know, if it's a move or whatever, um, and during, because connecting spiritually helps the stresses release mm -hmm. and then also just emotionally being on the same page. We try and make lists now of, okay, what are, now that we've been, we've moved several times or whatever the issue, current issue is, we've tried, tried to make lists. Okay, what are we going to predict here? What do we need to look out for? How can we, you know, safeguard against stress or and part of this, looking at the calendar, looking at the budget, where is the pain point, where is the stress? But like, right. you know, when Jesus says a house divided against itself can't stand, at the front end as a couple, before you make any major decision, you've got to be aligned. Yeah. I mean, division literally means two visions. So if the two of you don't agree right. on what you're going to do, it ain't going to get, it's going to be a dumpster fire. That's just what it's going to be. And so for us, I mean, I used to get ahead of Grace and I was selling. This is what we're doing. There's where we're going, you know, rah, rah, rah. And she wasn't sold. And so then we're not fully unified. So... I need to prayerfully give her time to process, ask her questions. And she's got certain concerns as a mom that as a dad, I, I'm not thinking about. They're, they're real practical. And get us to the place where we're aligned on what God's will is for us. And then we can march together into that future a little more um, bravely and boldly. And and like, Which also brings the kids along because if the parents are on the same page. Oh, yeah, the, the kids, kids will divide and conquer. Right. We're going to yeah. turn mom against dad and all of a sudden it's prison riot, you know. Yeah. And so for us, it was getting unified at the front end. And then in the transition, really realizing, I tell this to couples all the time, that the relationship is more important than any issue. Right. And as soon as you start fighting, it's because you put some issue over the relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, uh, I'll use a gun analogy, it's almost like the higher the, the, the caliber of the round, the stronger the barrel needs to be. And you know that your, so your relationship to me is like the chamber and the issue is like the bullet. If you load it up and it blows up, don't keep reloading. Mm -hmm. You got to fix the chamber. And the yeah. chamber is the yeah, relationship. And there are certain issues that are higher caliber. You start talking about the in-laws, the outlaws, right. the sex life, the, whatever it is. You're like, those rounds are going to blow up. And when you move, you find all of a sudden that there's a lot of high caliber rounds. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, got, no, we've been there. Like, yeah. it, everything is amplified. I feel oh, like, yeah. It amplifies transition. it, yeah. It just, it amplifies whatever was a little issue could become potentially oh, yeah. a much bigger issue right. in that very delicate period of transition. Yeah, mm -hmm. when we, we moved, so we were we were up in the People's Republic of Seattle. That's where we met and lived for a very long time. And then we moved. And as soon as we moved, we left all our stuff in the house and we were going to sell it and then buy a house. Uh, like a hundred foot cedar tree fell on our house, crushed it <gasps> with all of our furnishings in it. And... And I, I'm on, you know, what What do we do now? We can't sell our house. All our stuff is there. I, I go check it out. There's like a deer in the house. You're like, like a real deer. Yeah. You're like, this is not I'm ideal. So sorry. This is not ideal. And so I got Grace and the kids in a, we call it the stinky camp house. It was a rental house. Smell like Satan farted. It was that place. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out what do we do? And what in, and in that season, it's like, we're trying to get the kids because we had elementary, middle school, junior high and high school and college. So then you're trying to slot all the kids into school and trying to figure out everything. And 
the only way you can find anything is on your app. You don't even know where you're driving. Right. And so what I told Grace at that time was, I said, I, I feel like my life has a migraine. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> yeah, I get when it. When you get a migraine, if somebody drops a spoon, it, it sounds like you're in it's the like, front row for Metallica. You know, yeah. <laughs> my life has a migraine. And in those seasons, just being able to say, everything's amplified. I'm going to probably freak out, you know, just you know, just endure me for a bit, but being gracious with one another because in abnormal seasons, things aren't normal and that's okay. Right. And, and a move is like that. Life just goes upside down for a little while. Oh, it, it squeezes you. You know, I've found, I've definitely found myself, things that shouldn't bother me will become this big issue. Oh, yeah. And, and so that, you're yeah. laughing. Like you, <laughs> she's like, I have a hundred stories I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Is there just one for the sake of time? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's so true because, and I do think what you're saying about just really what I hear you saying is like, assume the best in each other and then give each other room to kind of yeah. work it out. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes I think we can be, I, I like to refer to it as a sandpaper season. I think moving brings on those sandpaper seasons yeah. where everything is literally rubbing you the wrong way mm -hmm. and you feel raw. And yeah. you're like, anytime somebody rubs against you, you want to punch them in the face. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so, yeah, like, I mean, that's, that's kind of how it's been for us. And we've moved before. And we've experienced the same thing. So we kind of know that. But even when you're in it, and, and some people listening right now are totally relating to this, it's so easy to turn on one another mm -hmm. because, yeah. you know, you're no, the, it's not. the closest person, right? You know, and, yeah. and, and you want to, you know, you see couples fighting, especially during these transition times. And I totally can attest to what you're saying about the kids. If the kids pick up on division from mom and dad, oh, they try to work that, you know, they, oh, yeah. they, they try to, you know, work that out and get more leverage on their side. But, uh, you know, it's so important to really be open and, and, and just exactly what Grace was saying, just be honest about what you're feeling. Because I think when you're honest, you know, it doesn't have, you know, anything in, in the dark. I feel like that's when Satan has his heyday. But when you bring it to light, yep. even if it's something minute, like a little, irritation that you're experiencing with your spouse, bringing it to the light and talking to them about it, it's going to be so much better than just growing in bitterness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and when we are bitter towards each other, we can't be friends. I mean, we're just, we're just kind of living life side by side, but not really experiencing, you know, engagement with one another and, yeah. and joy. That's it's so good. And so like turning the page, because some, some of you might be listening and thinking, well, I'm not really in transition or maybe that I am. Yeah. But what do I do with all this? Like, what do I do to very practically become a better friend to my spouse? Because that's what it comes down to. Your marriage is going to be stronger. The strength of your friendship is going to really be the foundation of the strength of, of your whole marriage. And so how do you get to be better friends? You know, uh, we've all got those, maybe those couples we look to and we're like, you know, they just seem to not only love each other, but actually like each other. Yeah. And I want more of that. So how, how do we get there? And a few little things, a few, a few nuggets. Number one, I feel like is, is honesty. The strength of your honesty in any relationship will determine the strength of your intimacy. Honesty paves the way to intimacy. Right. So in your marriage, you know, what is, what is speaking the truth in love look like? You know, what is, what does that honesty look like of, of having, you know, no, no secrets, but then also being kind when sometimes maybe the truth could sting a little bit. What is, what does that look like in your relationship? Yeah, I'm. For us, I think it's important if it's done respectfully. That's me. I think men, you know, cars run on gas. Men run on respect. Um, for Grace, it's love uh, for sure. And so she wants me to consider my words, measure my words, pray about whether or not it needs to be said, consider my tone. Usually, by the time the Holy Spirit's done with me, I'm actually ready for a decent conversation. Anytime before that, it's not very good. Um, and uh, and not to have those conversations in front of the children. Oh yes. <clears throat> Yes. But to have those privately because they're part of the family, but they're not part of the marriage. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the marriage and the family are 
they're they're connected, but they're they're not. You know, we were together before the kids came, and we'll be there after they're gone. So our thing is our thing. Um, and I think sometimes couples will have these conversations either in gossip with someone else rather mm-hmm. than with their spouse. They'll have them leaking or venting on the children, and then the children are taking an offense and then carrying the burden, yeah. and or saying it in the presence of others, which creates a hostile environment. Right. And so privacy, respect, tone, I think goes a really long way because a, a good beginning allows a good ending. And one of the things Grace did when we first got married, uh, Grace wanted to know how things were going. She should ask, How's your, how was your day? What happened? And I, I didn't like to have that conversation because I didn't want to relive it. Right. right. I didn't like it the first right. time. It's like junior high. I don't want to take this class <laughs> right. again. You know, let's just pretend it like, didn't happen. It's like puberty. Let's just move forward. Let's don't let's don't revisit. And so then she started asking, well, what can I do? And sometimes there wasn't anything to do. And then she started asking, how can I be a good friend? And honestly, for me, at least as a husband, I'd never really had anybody ask me that question. And so when she started asking, how can I be a good friend? How can I be a good friend today? How can I be a good friend right now? Just the fact that that was her desire pretty much wow, was great, everything for yeah. me. Great question. Because whether or not somebody's being a great friend, if they love you and they want to be a good friend, that's 98% of it. It is, yeah. And and sometimes, you know, in a marriage, we're trying to be a good friend, but we're we're not because we're not asking. And sometimes even in marriage books or podcasts or whatever, I mean, we wrote a book, you guys write books, but you read it and you say, okay, that's what that wife did for her husband. You do it and you're like, it didn't work. What's wrong with my mm-hmm. husband? He's a different guy or vice versa right. with a wife. Right. You know, maybe a guy reads a book. I mean, I'm, I'm going out here, you know, it's a list of Jesus miracles, <laughs> a man read a book. But if he read a book, he's like, oh, you know, here's the seven things you do. And then your wife's happy. I did it. My wife's not happy. I must... I must have read the wrong book or got the wrong book. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's like, no, you got to ask her. She's the expert on what a friendship would look like for her. And sometimes I think we don't just ask, how can I be a good friend today, right now, this second? What do you need? That is a a million dollar question. Like that kind of just stopped me in my tracks and I'm all of a sudden. Well, I mean, it's hard to be angry with someone when they're asking you, how can I be a good friend? I mean, seriously, it does. It like stops it. I can do it. I can can, (laughs) do it. No, 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 I know that. But it really does. It's like, oh, okay. You know, it it just completely changes the dynamic of the conversation. It's so good. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. time, um, time and tone. I always have to, I had to learn to pray for the right timing and the right tone Mm -hmm. to address an issue. And for him, because he's high touch, touch had to be a part of it. So Mm -hmm. holding his hand. She's rubbing my neck. That conversation is going to go really well. (laughs) If she's holding my hand, we're going to land the dismount. I love it. Yeah. So touch is one of your love languages. That's I will fake an injury to get a back rub. <laughs> right, whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever it takes, brother. I'm yeah. too ticklish no shame. Is, is my problem. He is too ticklish. Yeah, I'll just take your word on that. But. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but I love you. I do love somebody just snoring. <laughs> I'm struggling with a cold. Yeah. <laughs> I do love to cuddle. He is and a cuddler. When I'm, when I'm being held, the world just feels right. But she yeah. gets so hot. This is like, this is like an issue for a separate like yeah, a counseling session. Yeah, cuddling so on cuddling. we got this little dog that gets all the cuddles. She's and teeny. She, I know, <laughs> but I look hot. and I'm like, I just want to be held. See, we have like, a German I shepherd. <laughs> we have a German shepherd that sheds all over the house. When we lived up north, we had two acres of dog go out and protect. Yes. Now we're in Arizona. It's 120 degrees. Dog just lays in the house and sheds. Look like I murdered a dog in the house. There's dog hair. It's a crime scene. There's like a chalk <laughs> outline. Yeah, of a golden... If you guys want a bigger dog, we know a guy. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make that happen. Oh, this is so good. Is we so we can keep this going so all day. For sake of time, we're going to have to land the plane. So yeah. going around the circle, sweetie and Grace and Mark, share like kind of one one last nugget uh, for those folks listening. They're like, how can I be a better friend to my spouse? And we've shared a bunch of them already. I hope you've 
you know, you've you've listened to this, taking some of these to heart, just asking that question, asking your spouse, how can I how can I be a better friend to you right now? But right. sweetie, what what's a what's a nugget of marriage advice you can leave them with before we wrap up? I think we talked about this before in other podcasts, but not enough. I think we can talk about this a lot more. It's it's just there is power in praying for each other, but there's a lot of power in praying with each other. So you're praying right. together because especially if you guys are feeling some distance and you start praying together, it's like God just binds your hearts together. And it really is hard to stay mad at somebody and pray for them at the same time. I would really like to challenge people on that. Just try it because God really humbles our hearts. And it's just, it brings us together closer to Him and closer to one another. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I think for me, uh, the number one mentioned emotion of Jesus is compassion. And I, it's easy for me to be compassionate with people all around. I grew up in ministry and had to learn that. Um, and so if I'm lacking compassion for Mark and he sees me giving it to everyone else, it really is a hard thing on our relationship. Um, and so it means I'm, I'm stretching myself too thin and I need to refocus. But compassion for me with Mark specifically is a huge thing that I just need to really hone in on because he's that. so independent. And so sometimes I feel like I'm not needed, but I am needed. And he has to remind me of that. I'm a hot mess <laughs> minus the hot. <laughs> yeah. I, I like what Ashley said. I, I think we know couples that sleep together, won't pray together because it's too intimate. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I think there is a, there is an intimacy at the soul level when you're praying and worshiping together that then lays the foundation for the emotional, lays the foundation uh, for the remainder of the physical. Um, you know, I think early on, I definitely didn't, I, I would pray for grace, but I didn't pray uh, with her as much the, the other night. And I'm not saying I, you know, now I'm varsity. Um, but even I taught on prayer, we're in John 17, going through John's gospel. The other day, we we got some good time to pray through some stuff that was kind of a burden. And it wasn't a burden from her or I, it was a burden from some other people. And it felt like the burden lifted. It felt like we united on an issue that in the past we may have ended up having some sort of conflict over. And instead, we just we agreed and we handed that to the Lord in prayer. And it was, I don't know, it was just a, it was just a real joy to know that we can come together and God is very willing to bless that relationship because that was his decree and design. Mm -hmm. yes. um, and he's, he's always gracious to meet us in that way. So yeah. And thanks for hanging in there, babe. Okay. We've been together a long time. She's a resilient, wonderful woman, and it's a blessing and honor to be with her. I mean, the, the longer we're together, the, the more I, I just, I don't know. I don't know who I'd be or what I'd be if I didn't have grace, but everything would be worse. I know that. That's, that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful. statement. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They're going to make out in the parking lot too. Yeah. I can yeah. tell. Yes. Not in the minivan. I, Not, I, I rented, way cooler car. I, I rented so. a Dodge four-door truck. That's what I'm rolling in. There you go. Yeah. Hey, come over. That to, is pretty cool. Come over and take, take the Odyssey with adventure. Right. <laughs> oh, man, so good, so good. Well, I want to uh, publicly thank you guys for all you've taught us. In fact, uh, we could probably be sued for plagiarism at some point. The tagline of, of the book that they wrote together uh, five or six years ago, Real Marriage, was the truth about sex, friendship, and life together. The tagline for our book, The Naked Marriage, releasing February 12th, shameless plug, nakedmarriagebook.com is undressing the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. So That is awesome. Almost, I didn't even know that. So almost close enough for a lawsuit, but hopefully <laughs> no. hopefully, we're all under grace here. No, it's uh, great. Oh, goodness. So, so listen, follow these guys. They have been such an encouragement to us through the years. I mean, in all sincerity, I've, I've, I mean this. We've learned so much from you guys. And I encourage everyone listening, um, if you're if you're not currently connected to the ministry of Mark and Grace, follow the, the sermons that they're putting out weekly at the Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. If you live anywhere near that area, go. It's, it's a wonderful, thriving uh, church. And um, 
check out the new book, Spirit Filled Jesus. I've been reading it. It's really nice made talk. an impact on me. Telling the story in a lot of ways of, of your family coming together, ministry as a family, some of the stories you share of planting this church as a family, um, woven within the context of Jesus's ministry and, and you're a masterful teacher, obviously. So highly recommend this book. So check out markdriscoll.com. Dot org. Oh, oh, dot org. org. You know Thank what? Thank you. I'm such a fan. I even buy Driscoll berries at the supermarket when we go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are those, aren't, those aren't us, but man, that would be pretty well, awesome. Well, forget it. I'm, I'm yeah. done. I'm, that I'm would gonna, be amazing. I'm going to not buy them anymore now that I know that. <laughs> but guys, seriously, thank you. Thank you so much, sweetie. Yes, thank you all so much. Yeah, and no, really we love and appreciate you guys. And we've been here. following you, your stuff on BeliefNet, and yep. we're familiar with your work. And congratulations awesome. on the new season, praying for you and the family and thank the you. big pivot. But you're in a great place. It's a great opportunity. So thanks for, yeah, take, thanks for taking us. that opportunity. Yeah. Well, we're excited. Love to be part of the team at Marriage Today. Yes. It's a wonderful, wonderful marriage ministry, and we're, we're honored to be part of the team. And so, guys, th- you guys listening, we're honored that you're listening. So thank you for listening to The Naked Marriage. Thank you for reviewing, for sharing. Um, for whatever happens in podcast world, I really don't know what all happens because my kids are better at my phone than I am. <laughs> but right. apparently there's a lot you can do and you guys That's are right. doing it. And so thank you very much. And we'll look forward to connecting with you next time. Cool. Thanks, guys.